Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 195 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I love you and adore you and appreciate you. And if you are new to the show, then a really big welcome to you. I'm thrilled to have you here. I invite you to dip back into the archive and check out some of the past episodes. I do a combination of solo episodes with just me where I'm talking on a hot topic around love. And sometimes I bring a client onto the show and I coach them through a question or a struggle in their life. So that's the gist of how this show works. And I'm just so thrilled you're here. And if we haven't connected yet, make sure we do that over on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant, and you can drop me a DM or comment on one of my photos. And of course, you can always reach out to me at hello at veronicagrant.com. And that also goes for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, but we've never actually personally connected. I would really love to connect with you. So I'm really thrilled that coaching these days feels to be a little bit more of the norm and getting into the mainstream of society. When I first started my business and I said to people I was a life coach, people thought that was weird or wacky or they didn't really know what it meant or how I worked with people or that people would actually pay for it or that's a thing. And now I tell people that I'm a life coach And even if they're not in the coaching world, it's something that they can recognize like, okay, cool. And then there's questions and there's not like that blank stare that I used to get. And I love that coaching has become bigger and more mainstream and more well known as an outlet for support because I'm often asked the difference between coaching and therapy. 
And it's a little bit difficult to answer because all coaches and all therapies are going to have their own style and their own backgrounds and their own tools that they use with their clients. But generally, I find a lot of people go to therapy because that's what they think is available and that's what they think they need. But what they're really needing is coaching because they're needing things more of like creating goals and then a game plan to get there and needing some accountability. Therapy is really, really great if you've experienced trauma in your life and you are suffering from PTSD or just something else that's really acute that's not allowing you to live a normal, healthy life. Now, if you are struggling with a particular area of your life where you feel really stuck and frustrated, therapy could be helpful depending on the style of therapy and if you can connect with the therapist. But generally, coaching is going to be more goal and process oriented. Now, yes, I do inner child work. And I help people with deeper blocks that are creating the patterns and habits that they do in present time. But I don't rehash every single thing. I just kind of need to understand where did this pattern come from? We can go back and heal it. And then from there, we're going to be in present time and working through the limiting beliefs, working through the habits, working through the new neural netting so that ultimately your life changes and your emotions change and the way you see and feel about yourself, all of that changes. So if you've ever worked with a therapist before and you didn't get the results that you wanted, it may just be that it simply just wasn't a good fit between you and the therapist on a personality level, or it might be time to consider what you actually needed is coaching. You really just needed more accountability. You needed a game plan and you needed to not just understand what the blocks were, but you needed to do the integration of the deeper work so that you can actually see your life actually changing. I know for a lot of you, you might be aware of the thing that's blocking you. Maybe you know you're a people pleaser and you know where that comes from or something else in your upbringing created XYZ pattern, but you don't know how to change. I find that a really good coach will be able to help you integrate the deeper work, which brings me to today's episode. So behind the scenes, I've been working with more women on helping them start their coaching businesses. Now, yes, I'm biased, but I deeply believe in the power of coaching. And I've been getting a lot of requests from other coaches around how I get clients or how I got started or how I grow and all those things. And so I just decided to start working with women in this way. And honestly, I freaking love it because again, I'm biased, but I love the coaching industry. I think we need more of coaches. I think coaching is the future. And I think coaching is often the big secret that no one talks about in terms of how they reached success. You know, people like Oprah has coaches and obviously athletes have coaches, but it's not just like the athletics that they're getting coached on, but it's also the mindset and being able to show up for their event or for the games. And I think for a lot of successful people like Sarah Blakely or her husband, And some of those other sharks, like it's not just that they're really, really smart and that they're better than you or they're smarter than you or they're more financially savvy than you. It's that they've actually hired support to help them get to where they want to go. And I truly believe in my own life that my relationships, my business, my money, my health, none of it would be where it is today had I not invested in working with coaches to support me in my transformation. Listening to podcasts and reading books are great to build that awareness, but it's not enough for the transformation that 
most of us really want. So today I've invited one of my clients onto the show who's starting a coaching business. And when I work with other coaches, we focus on three main areas, their own mindset and beliefs. So their own money blocks, their own fears around being an imposter or not good enough or having to learn more or whatever. I support them in building their own coaching toolbox so that they have tools to use with their clients. And then of course, the business building aspect. So my client Renata is working with a client and in her first session with him, she was able to help him identify where the fear that he was facing, where that was coming from. And so they have the awareness, but now she's not really sure what to do in their next session because now it's time to actually shift the fear and do the integration work so that the fear is no longer running the show, so to speak. So whether or not you're a coach, this is a great episode for you to listen to. Because well, if you are a coach, it'll be great because you'll learn some coaching tools that will help you to help your clients move through a fear or a block. So they actually see change in their life. And if you're not a coach, this will be really great. Because honestly, one of the most common questions I get is, okay, Veronica, Like I know that I'm a people pleaser, I know this thing, or I know have this awareness, but now how do I actually change it? And this episode will give you some tools to begin shifting that pattern. Now this episode does go a bit longer than normal because we kind of got to the end of our call and then I realized I needed to take Renata through some of her own inner child work because it's ultimately the work she needs to do with her client. And I was going to tell her, well, you know, we have our next session soon, so let's just do it then. But I really wanted you to hear it so that you can hear the process and then take yourself through that. So make sure you listen to the end for that. So again, if you are a coach or considering a career in coaching, make sure you listen to my summary after the show because I give you some more tips on working with your clients. All right, without further ado, let's get to my coaching conversation with Renata. Hi, Renata. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi, Veronica. Thank you for taking my call. I'm just starting out my coaching business and I've got some test clients that uh, were willing to help me out. I've had a second session with a couple of my test clients focusing on their fear and inner child. Mm -hmm. And I actually found it um, easy enough to identify their fears. But once they said what the problem was, I didn't quite know what to do with that information, how to actually help them move through their fear. Do you have any suggestions for me? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of different ways. So can you give me an example of something that came up in a session without obviously sharing any personal details about it? Sure. So one of my clients is thinking about starting a business Mm -hmm. and uh, his fear is um, not making enough money to actually pay his bills And uh, he was saying that it came from his um, childhood because he left home quite early on and he didn't really have that family support and he had to rely on his work to survive. So he still has that in his mind that he just has to have a job to be able to pay bills, even though he has savings and he knows he could earn money if he needed to. Mm -hmm. And so then where did the coaching conversation go from there? if anywhere? Well, I suggested maybe breaking it down, how much money he actually needs to be able to survive, so for his necessities, and then also maybe not thinking about quitting his job straight away, but starting his business as a hobby without much pressure, and uh, then maybe thinking going part-time with his um, job and slowly ramping up rather than just a, a quick you know, cutover. 
Yeah. Great advice. That's great. So I think you supported. And how did he respond to that? He seemed good, but then also another problem built onto that, saying that he doesn't feel he will ever be able to earn the equivalent amount through his business. So again, it was another level that even though he understands wealth is not the pathway to happiness, he still feels that he needs to be able to earn quite a lot of money from his business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whenever we're looking at change, you know, within ourselves or supporting our clients through change, I think it's really important. And this is obviously my own perspective, my own style of coaching, and you're going to develop your own style. So I just want to be really clear on that. But I think generally what's true, it's really helpful to have some really practical, tangible, like, okay, how much money do I actually need to pay the bills? How much money do I need to have in savings? How many months will that allow me to live if I were to make $0 for my business, right? Like for a lot of people having that kind of structure and those numbers in place can be really, really comforting, right? Okay. Yeah. And so I think it's great. Like I said earlier that you gave him those suggestions, but I also think that your question is also right on the money. And I think he also kind of intuitively knows whether he realizes it or not, that no amount of money in the world coming from his business or wherever is going to make it feel safe enough or to feel like enough. And so at its core, this is really a mindset issue around his own mm-hmm. self-worth. Yes. And uh, I think we sort of identified that in the, bis- uh, in the coaching session as well. But he was saying that he had the same thoughts for 30 years. So how do you overcome that? How do you change your mindset? Okay. 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 Well, this is where inner child work comes in. And, you know, if I was his coach, what I would want to do is I would, you know, obviously identify where this thing came from. And we seem to know that, right? Like he seems to be aware, like he's connected the dots, right? And then once you connect the dots, that alone is not going to be enough, although it can be helpful to identify, okay, this is why I do what I do, or this is why I believe what I believe. And for some people, that's a huge first step. They don't have that awareness and that alone can help them move through a couple stages of growth transformation on their own. But then there comes to be a point where it's not going to be enough. And you actually have to go back and heal the core wound that ultimately created the belief. So he created a belief around his worthiness because of either one thing or a series of things that happened to him in his childhood. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, it does. And we can't heal by thinking about it or intellectualizing mm-hmm. about it, right? We have to heal. Well, you know, think of a wound. Like, let's say you cut yourself on your arm or something, or you're chopping vegetables and you cut your finger, right? Like you can't just be like, all right, heal wound, heal wound. And then it's healed. (laughs) Right. Like it, it does its thing. Right. And I'm not a doctor. I don't know all the exact stages that a wound goes through to heal, but it does its thing. Right. Like there might be a little bit of inflammation to help keep any bacteria off and then it'll scab over to protect the wound and the skin will grow back. And then like it heals. Right. And it takes, Mm -hmm. it takes time. So it's not that time heals all wounds because that's bullshit. That's not true. 
what's true is that if you give the wound space to heal, then eventually the time will heal the wound, but time itself won't heal the wound. And so what he has to do is he has to go back and just kind of feel his feelings and let his inner child, you know, feel and experience whatever went on and also be validated in that experience. Because what probably what happened is you said he grew up pretty poor. There wasn't a lot of stability. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and very strict parents as well. Yeah. So he probably wasn't really allowed to express himself or if he ever did like want something or if he ever did feel angry or sad, there's probably a good chance he was reprimanded, mm-hmm. told yeah. to just be a good boy and just behave and get good grades or whatever. Right. And so that creates this action of brushing things under the rug. And when this happens either once, if it's a like, you know, a high degree traumatic event, or if it's just like a series of events that happen over and over and over again, that create a trauma response in the body, then that basically just puts like a stake in the ground of like, all right, this is how we have to survive. And this is how we're going to see ourselves, the world, money, love, business, relationships, all the things. And then that becomes the prism in which he sees the world. So the only way to actually lift that stake up, to loosen its grip, is to go back and heal the thing that created the situation to put the stake in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And this is where it gets tricky because like sometimes my clients just want to update their fucking profile for the 20th time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, sure, you can do that, but ultimately it's not going to change anything. And so I think it's great for your client to have this plan and to have these numbers in place. And I do believe that evidence creates confidence or builds confidence. So if he can see himself, like not in his mind, but actually in the real world, see himself getting a client and getting another one and helping his clients get results and so forth, then that alone will help to build the confidence. But that could take forever and he may not totally get to where he needs to go in order to really leave his job and to go in this full time. I was just going to ask whether you would work with your client through that process or is that something that you would you know, tell them to do in their own time? And uh, Both. I would do both because it is like going to the gym. You can't just go to the gym like once a month and expect to get stronger, right? You have to go mm-hmm. every day or a few times a week. And so I would sit with the client and just let them feel their feelings. And a lot of times I'll have clients like talk to their inner child and you know, tell them what they wanted to hear or what they wish they'd been told at the time. And I think all that's helpful. But uh, really at the beginning, it's really helpful to just sit with the inner child and to sit with that part of you. And if people don't like the concept of inner child, another way to think of it is the part of you that hurts or the part of you that feels like you're not enough. I call it the inner child. You can call it whatever you want, right? But whatever you want to call it, we know that there's this part of him that feels like he's not enough and he'll never be enough. And so if he can sit with that part of him that feels like that, it's really painful. And there might be tears. There might just be uncomfortable feelings. There might be sensations in the body. You know, I'll often ask my clients, like, where are you feeling this in your body? And they might say their chest or their stomach or their throat or their heart or their arms or who knows where. I mean, they can feel it anywhere. And A lot of times when we feel sensations in our body, we're like, oh God, it's anxiety. Make it go away. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, no, anxiety is just the messenger. You know, it's not the problem. It's the messenger that there is a problem. 
So let's just sit with it and let it share its message with us. And we resist going through that because it feels really scary and painful. But what's more scary and painful is, you know, living the life of never being enough or not reaching your, his full potential if starting his business is, is really his dream or living a life of isolation because we're not willing to go through the trauma that will allow us then to attract the partner that we want. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a lot more painful than just the short-term discomfort of like, shit, these feelings are uncomfortable. Mm. So let me pause for a second. How, how is this landing? How does this feel? I think it sounds really good. And I think maybe the combination of, like you said, the practical numbers and the more sort of psychological work is really good. I'm not quite sure whether he's willing to do it, you know, whether he's too rational and, and will think, oh, you know, it's too woolly to right. do this. And so now, now that brings up a whole other question, which, you know, we'll talk about, you know, in our own sessions that we have together. But that brings up the question is, is the person the right client? Mm-hmm. Right. Because especially at the beginning of my business, before I really understood who my ideal client was, and also when I just didn't have as many clients and I just was honestly wanting to take anyone <laughs> that wanted to work with me because, you know, I had bills to pay, right? Like that's very real. And yeah, I had clients who were not interested in inner child stuff or feeling their emotions or going back and they're like, they're like, I've done that. I've worked through that. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly there's still something else going on. Otherwise this pattern wouldn't be manifesting itself. And if they're not willing to do it, then they're just, for me personally, they're just not the right client. And that's mm-hmm. fine. They're not bad people. I'm not a bad coach, which is not a good fit, right? And so you have to decide like where you want to take your clients. Like, do you want to stay with the very practical, tangible stuff and and work with people who just want that kind of stuff? Or do you really want to dive into like the mindset and the emotional blockages that people might have around starting a business? Because there's a lot of those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it would be very tricky to find someone who's not afraid of starting a business. So I think fear is going to be a very real part of um, those clients' lives. So absolutely, I think it's it's crucial working on the mental side of things as well. Totally, totally. And this is why I'm glad you're working with these people because that's going to help you determine who your client is and, mm-hmm. and who you want to work with. Like for me, like it's just not fun to have a client who just doesn't want to do inner child stuff. And it's not even that it's not fun. It's frustrating because they're frustrated with me because I'm not able to give them what they think they need or what they want. And it's frustrating for me because I know that they can update their profile as many times as they want, but it's not going to make a bit of difference. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Or or it's not necessarily their profile, but like whatever the, the tangible thing is. If today's conversation resonated with you and this feels like something you need, it's possible. There are spots right now available to work with me privately. Together, we can unravel your dating patterns, clear your love blocks, and get you into the relationship you desire and deserve by digging into your constitution, your childhood, and your previous relationships. Working with me privately means I can meet you where you're at and hold your hand through the process. It doesn't matter if you've never done this work or you've been doing it for years. All that matters is that you're done with where you're at and you're ready to find love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest the time and money in radically changing your life. To explore if this is the right fit for you, please visit me at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more and schedule your introductory call with me.
you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I don't know if we talked about in our sessions before, but I like to think of change as the physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual. And so the spiritual is like the trust and the faith and prayer. You know, one thing that I've repeated on the podcast a lot, and one thing that I like to say to myself and remind clients of is what I seek is also seeking me. And what is for me cannot pass me. Like I just repeat those two things over and over again every morning during my meditation. And I think it was like a meditative type of prayer thing. And then the emotional piece is working with our inner child or the part of us that hurts. And heal is simply applying love to the place that hurts. So if your inner child's hurting, if you can feel the pain, you know, with your client, the part of him that doesn't feel good enough or worthy or trust himself to build his business, that started from somewhere, right? And so to go back and heal that wound is just to simply apply love to it. And then there's the mental and physical. And this is the world where, or these two areas are the world where coaches hang out a lot. And I think the difference between what makes a great coach versus like an exceptional coach is the coach that's able to help people through the emotional, spiritual realms. Because the mental and the physical, they're a little easier to grasp. It's a little easier to grasp that in a YouTube video. You know what I mean? Or like a book. Yeah. And YouTube videos are free. Books cost 10 or 15 bucks. You know what I mean? Like people aren't necessarily going to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars with a coach just to give them a plan. Mm-hmm. But they might spend that to help them like truly transform from the inside out. Well, not might, but they will. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. And maybe just finally, how many sessions would you expect that to take? I assume that it's a long process to heal your inner child. Yeah, it really depends on the client. And a lot of factors will depend on that. It depends on how much, if they've had any awareness you know, before about this, if they've done any work with another coach around, you know, inner child work or deeper work, if they've worked with a therapist that does this kind of work, you know, if they've never done stuff like that before, it could take a while to even just connect the dots and understand where things are coming from, just depending on the awareness piece. And then some clients, and so for them, you know, if I'm working with someone, I work with people over a period of four to five months. And for people who have never done inner child work, but they're interested and that's why they signed up with me, we might take the whole time just the pieces together and connecting the dots and just kind of figuring out where things rooted out from. And then it's not uncommon, like on the last session or second to last session we have people to be like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. And it's like, boom. And then sometimes those people will re-up their package with me because like, okay, now that I've like figured this out, like I need to heal it. And they want support doing that. Whereas some clients they've done some work before and They've already got the dots connected and we can just really get into the healing part in session one. And then, you know, then I can help them progress as they move into a relationship or move into dating. And then they could be in a relationship by the time we're done working together. I mean, who knows, right? But that's not the only determinant. The other determinant is how, okay, I'm going to say this phrase and then I'm going to define it. It can also depend on how, quote unquote, good of a client they are. And what I mean by that, this is not a level of someone's innate worth as a human being. It's a scale on how really willing are they ready to let go of their old beliefs? Because a lot of times we identify ourselves with being the single person or being the person always screwed over by men or being the person that never feels like your client, like might just identify with being, you know, the poor person or 
poverty is, you know, you know, he's a step away from poverty. I don't know specifically what identity he might be identifying with, but unhooking ourselves from that identity is really, really scary because we don't know what's in front of us and a client's willingness to really let that go can have a huge determinant on how quote unquote fast they move. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of things, you know, that's why I say at the bare minimum, the bare minimum work with clients for three months. Okay. Longer is better, but three months is like the bare minimum. And sometimes as coaches, we're tempted to do one-off sessions. You know, I do obviously one-off sessions for these podcast calls. And occasionally I will do one-off sessions in my community. And, you know, honestly, the biggest reason why I do that is sometimes people just kind of need to like get a feel for coaching with me before they make a bigger investment. And so my goal is to have at least a percentage of those people who do a one-off session with me, you know, to move them into a fuller package so I can help them through the entire transformation. A lot of times coaches want to do one-off sessions because they're like, well, it's cheaper and people don't pay for coaching or like the big packages. And I'm like, yeah, people do. It's just your mindset. (laughs) is why they're not, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so, you know, that's why definitely three months. And once you get some clients, if you want to do some one-offs with the intention of inviting those people to work deeper with you and not just as like a, well, let me just, you know, make some money. It's impossible to have a business where you just need to get session after session after session after session booked. Like it's just, this is why astrologists struggle because people just pay for, or they think people just pay for like a one-off astrology session when the truth is you can make it a bigger package. It's why a massage therapist struggle because, you know, it's the norm in the industry, putting that in quotes is just buying a session one at a time, but you Mm -hmm. can absolutely put all of these people into packages and that makes a business way more sustainable. So definitely packages at least three months. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. So how are you feeling with supporting your client moving forward? I definitely like to try the inner child work, but I think maybe I need to learn about it myself a bit more. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where my fears come into into play, whether I know enough to support them through. So, But it definitely sounds like the right thing because, um, like I said, fear is going to be one of the biggest blockers for people starting their own business. So absolutely need to do it. Yeah. And that's something we can focus on in our in our next session, you know, some inner child fears coming up. But before I let you go today, I'm just, I'm kind of curious, the idea that you need to know more that you don't know enough. Mm-hmm. Is that a pattern for you? It is. Yes. Tell me about it. I think I just find control through learning more mm-hmm. and uh, manage my anxiety through it that I feel that I'm anxious because I haven't got the information rather than something else. And perhaps I then delay the actual action because I think, well, I still need to read this book or I still need to listen to these YouTube. So I can't start that session until I've done those. So I think it is a bit of a delaying tactic actually. Yeah. So a couple things. One, this client, is this a paid client or is this a practice client? Practice. Okay, great. So there's like literally, you can't ask for a refund. Mm-hmm. So there's there's like no stake or fear. So you can just practice and go in and crash and burn or have a beautiful session. You're not going to crash and burn, but mm-hmm. no matter what, it'll, it'll all be fine. So my assignment for you 
from our call today is to be your best own client when it comes to this. Okay. Okay. I know we've done a little bit of inner child stuff in some of our earlier sessions. We can definitely dive more into it, but an assignment for you. Well, first let's just connect the dots really quickly. You know that this is a way that you've managed anxiety. When did you learn that? Like when did you figure out, okay, if I can just do this and I won't feel as anxious. I think at school, you know, when you are preparing for an exam, then I would study loads and um, you get a better grade. So then I kind of connected it that actually it works that if I'm anxious about something, I'll get a better result if I put more effort into it. And what happened when you got a better grade? I felt satisfied and maybe validated that it was worth the effort. And who validated you? My parents to a certain extent, but I think I pushed myself more than my parents pushed me. So maybe comparing myself, I wanted to be the best in the class, for example. So, And what did the best in the class get you? Maybe stand out, be noticed. Mm-hmm. And when did you feel like you weren't noticed? I guess I was quite quiet at school. So maybe, maybe that was my way of making myself known rather than through trying to make friends. Mm -hmm. And was that a pain point to be quiet and to not be noticed at school? Yes, I didn't feel I wanted to not be quiet, but I, um, I think I just, I didn't know how. It didn't come naturally to just strike up a conversation with um, someone who I didn't know. So I just stayed in my safe place, but then I wasn't happy about it because I felt that I felt I was worth more, but I couldn't show it. Yeah. And did you feel unnoticed at home too? Actually, no. I th- home was my comfort. That I felt I could be myself. But then okay. when I was in the world, then it, it's, okay. it felt scary. Okay, great. I just want to pause here. This is important to highlight. You know, we have various inner child wounds. And while a lot of them do stem from parents, by no means does 100% of them stem mm-hmm. from parents. So can you see yourself in a moment when you were in school, when you felt unnoticed? Like, does something come up for you? Yes. Actually, I just realized I, um, I changed schools when I was maybe 10, 11. Mm-hmm. So I came into a new classroom where everyone knew each other and I was the new kid. And that I found really difficult to then, how do you integrate to a established group already? So it wasn't like no one knew each other. Everyone knew each other. It was just me who was the outsider already. So I, I think I started with that feeling of being an outsider yeah. and just couldn't shake it. Yeah, that's pretty painful for a 10-year-old. Mm. Can you feel that pain right now in your body somewhere? I can. I, I remember being introduced, you know, and standing at the front of the class. Mm-hmm. I remember the dress I was wearing was a black flowery dress, and I just felt really awkward with um, 30 kids looking at me. And yeah, it was just really uncomfortable. And um, my legs were shaking a bit. You know, I just wanted, felt like wanted to hide behind the teacher. Mm-hmm. But you had to be on a strong face so you couldn't actually feel how you mm-hmm. felt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think a great practice for you to do to be your own best client is 
to let this little girl standing in front of her class feel this and just Mm -hmm. let her feel it and let it take as long as it takes, you know, for that wound to heal, you know, eventually the the wound will scab over and then it'll go away. And then eventually we'll want to go in there and kind of reprogram some of the beliefs and, you know, that will come with time. But before we even get there, you just have to feel the feelings. You have to let it come up because it's coming up already. Mm-hmm. Right? It's coming up in the form of edutaining or procrastinating, whatever people call it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's already coming up. And so you might as well let it come up maybe in the short term in a slightly more painful way, but in the long term in a way that's not going to hold you back. So long-term less painful. And what I encourage you to do is to let your present day self actually enter into this vision, this memory, and just sit with the little girl. You can imagine like rubbing your hand on her back, letting her rest her head on your shoulder and not having to make it better, not having to fix it or be like, oh, like it's okay. It gets better. Like, I mean, those things are great things to say. And if you feel called to say anything to your inner child, or if she feels called to say something to you, that's fine. But to actually just let yourself feel it. Okay. Sometimes when you do inner child work, we jump to wanting to fix it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, gosh, this movie, I always reference it. If everyone listening, you need to go watch Inside Out. It's so good. It's a Pixar movie. But there's a scene where, and I was just telling someone this, so maybe it's already on a podcast episode recently. (laughs) I don't remember, or might not have been a podcast coaching call. Anyways, there's a scene where, I don't know if you're familiar with that, Inside Out, but basically it's just like, you have to watch it. It's so good. (sighs) Anyways, so it's really quick. It's, there's like these different emotions that are running this little girl's brain. So there's like the anger emotion, the sadness, the joy, and like, they're just like funny characters as like Disney Pixar. So joy is the main character and she just wants their human that they live in just to be joyful all the time. Cause that's supposed to be the best, right? Cause it's joy, it's happiness. And what we learned through the movie is that she actually needs the other feelings that we don't think we want to feel because it creates like the whole person and it creates connection, which ultimately then creates joy. And so there's a scene where sadness, the character who plays sadness is comforting someone and joy is trying to comfort the little cotton candy imagination person in the brain. Joy is trying to comfort by just saying, be happy. It's okay. Come on, let's go. You've got this. Whereas sadness goes up to him afterwards and says like, I'm so sorry, that must be really hard. And just sits with him for a second. And then he cries and this little character cries candy because it's like this figment of this girl's imagination character. (laughs) It's a really funny movie. And long story short, just by sitting with the sadness, then he's like, okay, let's go on and keep going on their little adventure. And Joy's like, how did that happen? Like, how did, how did she do that? And so the point is of me not explaining this story very well, this movie very well, is just sitting with this discomfort, sitting with the sadness. It might feel really uncomfortable. We might resist it, but it will pass. Yeah. Yes. Because to some extent, it's that um, validation, isn't it? If someone just tells you to just be happy, then you feel that they are not understanding you, that there is something quite difficult, isn't it? And if someone lets you just feel it, then Right. And that can create yeah. stories because then that mm-hmm. can create like, well, what's wrong with me? If I can't just be happy, everyone else can just be happy. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's just sit with it and sit with the discomfort and then we'll go from there. But I think for now, like 
I really encourage you to do this for yourself before, you know, I don't know when your next session is with this client, but do this for yourself at least a couple times so that when you lead someone through it, you kind of know what you're doing. Okay. I always recommend like, do not coach people or teach things to people that you don't actually do in your own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And reading about Instagram or in a book doesn't count. Like you actually have to do okay. it. <laughs> Not that I think you're doing that, but I just, I think sometimes we yeah. can get into like healing guru and it's just like, you're not just a guru. Teacher mode like, rather than. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. All right. Was this helpful? Yes, very much. So thank you so much. Awesome. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much to Renata for coming on to the show and thank you for your question and thank you for embarking on this new journey. I really believe that we need more coaches in the world and I'm just so thrilled every time I see that someone else wants to be a life coach and to support people through fears or problems that they have in their life. And I know that sounds counter to a lot of what you might see on the internet. A lot of big internet marketing gurus are like, the market's saturated, you have to stand out in a crowded marketplace. And yeah, it's true that you need to have a clear message. It's true that you need to have a clear problem that you help people solve. But it's not true that it's a crowded marketplace. And probably unless you're one of those, you know, mega online internet gurus, then it is kind of a crowded marketplace. But if you're a life coach, and you're supporting people through transformation, it is not a crowded marketplace by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I have a successful coaching business and I only work with about 40 to 50 women a year, one-on-one or in the love incubator. That's not that many people, but it's enough and it creates what I need to create in in my life. And when you think about it, 40 to 50 people in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I don't know, there's a million, two million people living in the Bay Area alone. So there are more than enough potential clients to go around. And so I really encourage you to not fall into this belief that you started too late or that there's already enough coaches out there or there's not enough clients. None of that is true. If you are clear on how you can help people, then there is a market for you. There are people out there who are looking for your services. So I just want to dive a little deeper into some of the things that came up today with my call with Renata. So the first thing was this idea or this question around how long to work with people and how long transformation takes. Look, transformation will take as long as it takes, and it will probably take longer than whatever package you have sought out to sell unless it's like a 10 year package or something, but no one really sells 10 year packages. But generally, I'm really, really strongly against doing one-off sessions because you can't get the transformation. And I know it feels like, well, it's an easier sell, it's a lower price point, but ultimately your client's gonna think that they got what they needed, but you know that there's still so many other steps to take in order for them to fully step into the person that they wanna be. Now, it's not to say you can't ever do one-off sessions. It can be something you do strategically to get people foot in the door. It can be something you do for fun every once in a while. For example, I'm actually doing that next month in January. We're going to be hitting 200 episodes on the Love Life Connection. And so I'm doing limited number of one-off sessions at a sale price. It's going to be fun. It's going to drum up excitement about my work and about my coaching, but it's certainly not a strategy. Ultimately, what you need to do as a coach to make your business sustainable is you have to sell the transformation. 
And that we know takes longer than one session. And that's why packages are so important. They're important for your client. So they stick with it and they keep doing the work. And they're important for you because if you are scrambling constantly to fill session after session after session, day by day, week by week, you are going to be exhausted and you are going to have your marketing hat on so much that you are not actually really going to be able to show up for your clients in the best way you can. So it actually supports them for you to not have to have your marketing hat on all the time and constantly be worrying about drumming up business. And I know I'm talking to coaches, but the same goes for therapists, the same goes for massage therapists, the same goes for Reiki practitioners, any kind of healing and helping service providers, you can sell it in a package. You know, I have been having a lot of neck and upper shoulder pain. And sure, I can go to a massage therapist one time and I might get some relief during the massage, maybe the day after, but you probably know that I need to do more work over a longer period of time to get the pain to go away. And if we were to work together in a package, you could sell me for massage therapy sessions. And you can also maybe give me some stretches or some strength exercises to do to help my neck. And then maybe after the month or two of working together, I actually don't have neck pain anymore, right? That's the transformation that you're selling. And when you're selling it like that, You can ultimately sell more per session because you're giving me support around the transformation that ultimately is why I'm seeking the one-off session in the first place. The next thing that I want to talk a little bit about is being able to coach yourself first and foremost. You know, I hear from a lot of people around wanting to start a business. How do you get clients? Can't make it work. And they're like freaking out. And look, I've been there. I have been there. I totally understand And it's very tempting to want to sign up for the latest online course that's going to teach you how to create a course or a webinar or Facebook ads or whatever. And the thing that has made the biggest difference is to be your own best client. You can only take your clients as far as you've gone. And it's really hard and also out of integrity to take your clients through a process you've never done yourself. Like if you read about some process on a book or listen to it on a podcast, like that's really great to build that awareness. But if you then try to take your clients through that, like that's kind of messed up. Like it's not really going to work like that. It's out of integrity and people can sniff out misalignment for sure. And I find that the more you do your own work, the more you're able to really drop in and create blog posts or Instagram posts or podcast episodes that really speak to people at their core. And when you can speak to people at their core, something shifts. And that's when people begin to reach out to you and say, hey, I feel like you get me. I feel like you know exactly what's in my head. I would love to talk about working together. And you can't get like that from mastering Facebook ads or mastering website or mastering copy or mastering all this other shit that we think is important. And look, it's not like those things aren't important or they won't ever be something that you need to learn or figure out in your business, but never are they the priority. Never are they the priority. Your priority is to coach yourself first and to be your own best client. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in my episode next week. But you also need to work with your own coach. I think it's really, really hard and also out of integrity to take people through a process of coaching and also to take people through a sales process, which will bring up a lot of their fears and doubts around money. Will this work? Am I good enough? Can I make it happen? All of those things. If you've never experienced that for yourself as the client. 
So next week, like I said, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what it takes to create a successful coaching business. And I'm going to get really, 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 really real with you about what it takes. And, you know, if you're not a coach or not wanting to start a coaching business, no problem. It may not be the episode you listen to, or if you're just interested to hear behind the scenes a little bit more about how I got started as a coach, how I finally got it to work, all of those things, then, you know, you might be interested. And I think Instagram stories, you know, shows that most of us are pretty nosy. So I think you might still enjoy the episode. So I encourage you to listen. But by the way, if you are a coach or want to be a coach, I'd love to connect with you about working together. I help my coaches that I'm working with, with their mindset, with their coaching skills, and of course, the business building. So if you're feeling the call, if you're feeling the push to pursue this as a side thing that you're going to do in your life, or maybe eventually your full thing you want to do in your life, and 2020 is the year that you want to get it started to get the ball rolling, I would love to chat. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaches, and there's a quick form there for you to fill out. And then you can get onto my calendar where we can chat about what working together would look like and if it would be a good fit for both you and I to work together. And if you're not a coach and don't want to be a coach, but you want to transform your love life, I'm opening up slots to begin in January 2020. Slots are filling up quickly, so please don't delay to reach out to me so that we can talk about working together. Just head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to fill out your quick form there, which is about relationships, love, life, all of those things. And then we will also hop on the phone and talk about what's going on in your love life. And if coaching with me is the next right step for you on your journey. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you. And I will see you next week on the Love Life Connection. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.